it's actually really good to head into this conversation <laughs> as far as i'm concerned so here so here we are i i i've pressed recording <laughs> okay. okay so okay. so and we're just gia gia <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome <laughs> Good morning, Alyssa. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I, to... we have to get the hang of, 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 I have to get the hang of not interrupting. Oh, no, you're fine. No, this is wonderful. I, I don't feel that you're interrupting. We're just having a, a good, this has been an interesting lead into this conversation already. <laughs> so the lead in, which people may not have he heard, is that we're, we're not able to do this as a Zoom meeting um, in the traditional way. We were trying to do an audio recording, um, but it, it's, it's a different kind of recording. And if you're hearing raindrops in the background, um, that's just part of it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then finding plan A, finding plan B and, and C, which sometimes and quite often in life does occur. So. Um, the the um, the improvising in order to uh, figure things out is is right up my alley. So um, for me, it's a great lead in to this conversation. I'm feeling right at home. <laughs> so I, I just have to say that it's fascinating how we're leading into this conversation. It is a dance. Yeah. And in the yeah. background now, the rain has just started coming down even harder. <laughs> naturally yes <laughs> yeah beautiful beautiful so the idea the idea of improvising is where we're going to start the interview Gia but before that I would love to introduce Gia and I'm going to hold her last name so she can pronounce it okay thank you Alyssa Casolano Gia Casolano is yeah. a veteran movement artist, choreographer, instant composer, and we're gonna make a note of that to ask her what instant composer, what the heck does that mean? An educator and a performer with over 35 years of research, investigation, performance, and education. She's a certified Pilates mat instructor and Embody Yoga 200 registered yoga teacher practitioner, a somatic movement educator, a visual artist who has performed nationally and internationally with live performance and film in New York City, Pittsburgh, California, Amsterdam, the UK, and it goes on and on and on. And she does go on to say that her work is rooted in instant composition, magnifying real-time performance with a stripped-down approach to performance and multidisciplinary collaborations and live art happenings. And I'm here to tell you that I'm up for the challenge today for a live instant composition without seeing us. This may be something that Gia has done before, or maybe it isn't. It's not, it's certainly not anything that I've done in this way. Without any further ado, I want to introduce Gia. Um, 
to all of you, and I am so excited, Gia, that you are here today because we have known each other, it seems like, forever and a day, and we just don't have time or make time very often to really talk. So uh -huh. thank you, Alyssa. Thank you so much. Um, well, you um, you make me sound like a real big person here. <laughs> and, um, uh, I'm really humbled to be here and very excited to be here and um, share a little bit about what I do. Um, after quite an introduction, um, you 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 focused on the word uh, um, instant composition and uh, what that means and and for me um, it's 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 a way of also describing improvisation. However. With the word improvisation, um, there are a lot of attachments somehow, and people sometimes um, thinking of improvising as, oh, you just go out and kind of do whatever comes up, which in some ways, yes, um, but, what, but what I've been researching and um, trying to develop, not just within my performances, uh, but, but also, you know, in my, in my daily navigating of life in my teaching in um the conversations that i have with people it's actually it's 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 become larger than just a performance modality if you will but um what it what it generally is is in a sense it's very close and linked to even meditation in that it's movement-based yes and also as i said can take many different um pathways but um, it's, it's basically a, a focused attention, really. And it's a, um, a consciousness and a clarity and a series of choices that you're making, usually, in my, in my belief, drawing from a lot of sensory awareness in what am I seeing, what am I hearing, what am I feeling, you know, uh, what is even the temperature in the room, what is the... Uh, overall energy of a space um what is it what is it uh, you know what are you touching um how are you touching it and within all of those um sensory uh, you know feelings of sight and and hearing and uh touching and uh just just kind of what's the energy there are choices that you can make which can um trigger in the sense of uh, performance, they can trigger movement and entrances and exits. And um, so in, in this type of way, I, I practice these skills over and over and over again so that the reflexes in what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and feeling and all this come up rather uh, to the forefront of my um, making. And, uh, and so it happens in the moment of choice. And so this act, actually, it, it magnifies a real-time experience uh, that, is, that is felt not just by the performer and the other performers in the space, if there are any, but also the public. So it's kind of a stripped-down approach, which brings the collective to a, kind of a, a unified, one-mind uh, feeling, if you will. So nothing has been really rehearsed and and done many 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 times and then presented to you it's being made in the moment in front of a live public and that's the performance aspect 
um, of the nature of, of what I do um, in that in that way. <laughs> if that if that answers uh, the question, I mean, I kind of go on. There's just so many things to describe and say about um, what I do and how I make it. So so that is so beautiful. And let's pause there for a moment. Let's pause and integrate. Uh-huh. Integrating the flow, the flow of words that conjures and creates and recapitulates sensing, feeling, moving, breathing. Let's pause for a moment as composers of our own creation with a sense of breath that breathes us and our connection to universal source. Whatever that means to you, to me, to we, in these divine moments of transformation and transmutation. Now, here, what is the overall energy of your, and I don't mean Gia, I don't mean Alyssa, I mean you, the listener, What is your energetic signature now, here, in this moment? What do these words and this breath trigger in your consciousness? I'm using Gia's words now in your focused intention drawing from your sensory awareness. What are you feeling in these moments? And the reason that I just created that space for us is because this is the context from what this podcast called Journey Through Health and Wellness sprang from. From reimagining our community, in our case called Turtle Creek, that connects this watershed to many watersheds in southwestern Pennsylvania, down to the Mississippi and Gulf of Mexico, into the ocean blue, connecting all of us externally. Gia, speak now a little bit more in the way that you prefer to connectivity to ourselves and how your modality of instant composition and improvisation ties in, ties our inner ecosystem into what we see externally perhaps as 
pollution or as joy, as we see internally as gratitude and love, externally as vibrancy and everything in between. How, what, was, what has been your experience? And we did have a meeting prior to this interview and I was fascinated to hear your story about how you retooled your studio, your dance studio, when this thing happened about a year ago. What, what's, what became different about your performing space? Oh, well, interesting. Uh, for, first, I, I, just, I just have to say, Alyssa, um, your brilliance to bring up the word pause, let's pause, pause <laughs> is, is actually um, really one of the most important moments not just within the instant compositions that um, so many, not just myself, but you know, this is this is a an aesthetic. This is a you know, I'm not the only one making instant compositions. This is you know, all over the world. I have many colleagues and and friends and um, uh, people that I look up to that I've learned so much from. In in the moment of pause, we can digest. We can actually feel more when we when we and it and it doesn't mean by pausing that you're that you're actually um, stopped state or a fixed state. We're never in a fixed state. We're always movement. We're always in in change, in choice. And so, but when we pause, and and this is where it kind of um, links a little bit to the somatic world in that kind of slowing down a bit and really getting softer so that we can actually see more to, to then, um, you know, if, if you're always going, 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 and you're from the outer making, 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 um, you, you actually cut off a lot of sensory and feeling and awareness, but by moving into, as you so wonderfully chose to bring the next, um, bit up in in using the word pause and with pause like I, we can digest what is actually around us um we can uh, also kind of there's a there's a way in which pause is used to actually um create a sense uh, of a duration of time maybe that's happened before kind of understanding what might be needed to come next but pause is a is a a wonderful place to be actually <laughs> um and so i just wanted to just share that um that that is also part of the practice to pause you know just to, to slow down a bit and to feel what's in the space um whether that's also feeling other people's energy the space itself to be able to pause we can hear more it becomes a little more heightened awareness um so i just wanted to to definitely kind of ride on that a bit um but then but then to also um you you asked about um my space where i where i work and i guess um it's been what a year now uh a year and a couple of months with with uh, the whole pandemic and all that has occurred um, in that time, uh, things being shut down and and so forth. So I, I remember, yes, talking um, in a previous conversation with you about things that came up for me when when that happened. I guess around February, March, um, when things were shut down. One of the first, and all of all of my jobs stopped, like so many other people. Um, there was no employment. Everything was just kind of like, oh, totally 
you know, a new, a new situation um, in how to navigate really. And so one of the first things actually that came up for me was not how am I going to um, provide and take care of myself and my daughter. I mean, certainly that was uh, something in my headspace, but the, the, but more importantly was to myself thinking, where will I create? Where will I practice? Where will I make art? I have a tiny little flat um, that I share with my daughter and, um, you know, it's on cemented floor within the wood on top, but it's, it's not generally um, a place that I would choose to dance in because it's, you know, it's a bit hard. Um, but, but I thought um, we're going to have to innovate. We're going to have to um, switch things around again because I know I'll be okay and I'll be able to make better decisions if I can be in my body. And if I can create and within that ability, I can then think and I can make better decisions because of the um, ability then to kind of drop my tone in my nervous system so that I can actually feel and be in a place where I can sort things out um, in a way that is healthy um, for both myself and my daughter. So one of the first things that I did was I, I just um, kind of moved all the furniture in my tiny little, I think it's, oh, I don't even know the dimensions, but it's quite small. It is a little square, but I just reorganized everything, moved it out, and I began to um, move as I would in a studio space um, in this space. And, and then I started to find, um, okay, this is going to have to evolve as well. So I took it outside and I started making, which many, you know, I'm not the first one to do this for sure, um, but it provided an entire new landscape and, um, uh, well, it, it became very, um, uh, it, it, I, can, I can always have a studio to practice in. I realized, oh, I have nature, I have out of doors, I have so many site-specific places that I can create in. and not only will this serve me and um, assist me, it, it also very much challenged me. Um, it's very, very different to dance, um, at least in the way that I'm dancing, on a groomed surface as opposed to one that is not, which would be out in nature. And so through doing that, I had a whole new kind of mountain to climb, if you will. <laughs> not that I've, I've performed outside before, but not as a daily practice and so it brought a lot up for me and it became almost like a renaissance this this whole pandemic has actually been um challenging yes and and sometimes scary as well um i don't i don't uh, say that that has come up it certainly has however more so for me has been a a renaissance of well, the old way wasn't so great anyway was it for me i was navigating maybe five different independent contracts running quite a lot to, to make the ends meet. And this whole time has provided, again, that sense of pause. Oh, and then you really start to kind of realize, oh, uh, what, what, what was before, what is now, and what could be. And so I started to move my attention more in that direction <laughs> than in, Oh no, what will I, how will, you know, in that kind of, um, more negative space or fearful, um, 
position because when we're coming from a platform of fear, um, we're, we're not, I don't believe, always making the, the best for ourselves. And so I try to eliminate that by what, what, uh, you know, what's in front of you. So, so I, I just kind of found this has been more of a renaissance time for me than anything else, even within the struggles and trying to figure out um, certain things. But it's kind of been figured out in a different way um, than you might have thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. There is, there is a lot to unpack here. Um, I am so in awe of the poetry of your speech. And... Oh. And uh, I don't know where to go first. Okay, so you mentioned that moving outside, connecting yes. with nature, um, yes. moving your performance outdoors and um, creating an entire new landscape. This is a point of connection that I have been working with in my professional and personal practice that I am so happy to share with, um, with, with the community at large. And you have expressed it so beautifully. So the idea that in, in these particular moments, we have an opportunity like never before because we've all been shaken to the core, no matter who we are in this place called planet Earth. So on one hand, we could go into fight or flight, which is a huge issue when we call, um, when we talk about visual issues and people going down the path of their eyesight, getting worse and worse every year, you know, getting stuck in the fight or flight not only affects, um, uh, every part of our body, it particularly affects our eyes and our eyesight and our visual habits. But wow. what an opportunity we have now in, this, in these precious moments to have come through this thing. We're in some regards, um, we're at least halfway through, if you consider that it may have started in 2012 and it may be ending in 2032 and we, we're peaking now in other ways. But what an opportunity to make life choices at this uh -huh. pivotal moment. And uh -huh. for you to tell us about how you, you've stepped outside and connected uh -huh. with nature, reconnected with nature, because you were so familiar, the person so familiar with your inner ecosystem and how your muscles and ligaments and blood and heart energy and head energy and tail energy and bone energy and ligamentous energy and fascial energy connect. You have gotten that, but you've been doing it on a very groomed surface for most of your life and career, as I have, you know, as a classically trained, you know, yep. ballerina, um, you know, and then you, you have your shoes off and you're outside grounding in contact with uneven surfaces. There might be rocks, there might be stones, there might be twigs, there might be something that you could potentially be afraid of because it might cut your foot, right? 
those of us yeah. that are in yeah. dance, we're, yeah. we're pretty protective about that kind of thing. So if you don't mind, I'm just winding you back to the outdoor nature of your performance. Speak to us a little bit about how that felt in your body and maybe some of the fears that may have come up about the idea of cutting your foot on a rock or a stone or a piece of glass, a piece of aluminum, a, a, a bottle cap. How did you it, navigate? Well, it's it's actually um, uh, it's 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 being closer to to life. <laughs> you know, life is not a groomed surface, <laughs> and and so um, you know. Um, it's it, and and I and I and I advise this also. You know, sometimes um, in the past, yes, I have danced outside. I've brought my students outside, um, and not just in the dance classes, but in the um, other lessons that I teach and and with my students. Let's go outside. You know, um, because what you'll find is this um, landscape that is actually very parallel to life. You know, you you don't necessarily know what's coming in life. You don't know if you're going to, you know, where you may step. You don't know what's coming. You can't be, in a sense, I guess, some people will say, oh, I'm the driver of my own car. <laughs> and I've got this down. You know, I know where I'm. You actually, in life, it's the unknown. It's the constant change that is actually the only constant. It's, the, it's, it's change is what is what is, you know, that's, that's the thing that we can count on that is going to constantly occur. Not everything is temporary. So there's always going to be a new place to step. There's also, you know, things that you don't see necessarily coming around the bend and, and what have you. Um, so you, you, there are a lot more uh, tools in which to practice, not just for the dance, but also for um, kind of bringing you to um in in some ways a, a better a better um toolbox if you will of of ways to navigate life because you're getting familiar with the unfamiliar which is kind of like you know what happens in life you don't know what's coming you you never you may think you have a plan and then that plan becomes something completely different and so to move into that space um as as though it's something that actually natural, which it is, rather than uh, I'm I'm going to make this just so um, and expect it to stay that way. It it's not really what happens. <laughs> so for me, it became a practice in the physical making of of the uh, dances, if you will. And I did some uh, virtual exchanges and I made some films and different things came up, which were wonderful. Um, and, and I found them also very challenging to create dance outside also, just because the pull, I think of, of, of the earth and the um, things that I had to uh, move into and, and kind of practice in that way because everything has to be practiced specifically I think you know so if I'm going to dance inside I'm going to practice inside if I'm going to dance outside I have to practice outside if I'm going to dance in you know uh, a particular costume practice in that costume and even though the things will change as you're doing it you're getting really comfortable with that aesthetic, with that kind of nature of the thing, um, within all its, you know, uh, rough edges or, or what, you know, comes up, there's a familiarity with actually, in this case, 
uh, change and and the ungroomed surface. So um, as I began to dance and make these things, these opportunities that were coming, which were really wonderful, I just automatically was like, oh, I'm practicing life out here. So great. <laughs> and, and it was huge. It was so um, sometimes very, um, I felt uh sometimes even a little overwhelmed in the vastness of it in in looking up at the sky and how it just never ended or you know hearing all the sounds that um you know i've certainly noticed before but but now there was there was a just a different element of because you know there were less people outside also in the pandemic and i was just kind of going out in the woods different places that i could be um and, you know, sometimes in the parks where normally there would have been people, but usually I was out there on my own and I would just, um, sometimes it was, uh, there were, there were a lot of films we did with lots of snow and, and with the snow, of course, there's this different silence that happens. So lots of different things came up, which I, I think I noticed more, um, particularly in this time because there was also this sense of um reflection and that sense of pause again which brings those things up of what happened before what's what's now and and what could be kind of thing that just came up for me so um i don't know i, I tend to go all over the place when i'm a answering your well question. no but no so the thread that i would like to pick up here is that i you know i also i teach embody yoga, which I now call embody vision yoga. And I was teaching this past summer um, at our local pool, which was open. And I was teaching embody vision yoga on a hill, literally. It wasn't really supposed to be a hill, but when we put out our towels that were doubling as yoga mats, I realized there were not only kind of very subtle slopes that weren't expected. Um, and there were ants and there was a beautiful sky and beautiful trees and leaves flowing in the breeze. So the nature of what was under our feet and our bodies and our breath and what was in the sky and the air around us and the sounds of the children and adults playing in the pool. It was a cacophony of birds song and human song and sensing and feeling and acting in embodiment in a way that was much more integrative than what I and you as well is more, you know, kind of some, you know, in the studio, we've, we've, we've been raised up in the studio, right? This, yeah. this now has become the earth as our studio. And we have sensorily had the opportunity to reintegrate in this big pause of a year in a way that we didn't expect. We didn't expect it, but I was teaching poolside yoga. Who would have thought? Like, what? Um, and people kind of coming in and out of the class. So a pregnant woman taking the class, her children coming, sitting down on a towel next to their mother, being a part of a class that they never in a million years would have been part of. So people being introduced to the idea of somatization within their bodies and externally in community 
possibly sometimes in a way that they that 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 is uh, unexpected. And so that is so beautiful. Um, the, the, the coming back to ourselves, I believe, is a huge opportunity in these moments and helping people you the way that you help people to understand themselves. So what sorts of populations these days are you working with? Are you working only with dancers? No, no. In fact, I, I, um, I work less with dancers. Um, and, and that has been for some time. Um, I do have a, a few groups and residencies with um, a couple of uh, colleges and then some and then and then I do uh, project based uh, work with dancers. Uh, but generally, I'm, I'm a, um, a senior care practitioner. So I work before the pandemic, I was working within assisted living facilities, and using dance and somatic uh, movement and uh, release technique, uh, instant composition kind of uh, task orientations with the elderly, um, and especially the elderly who were suffering uh, from Alzheimer's and dementia and using certain types of exercises and approaches that would help stimulate their hippocampus. And so that's the area of the brain um, that is responsible for learning and emotion and memory. And so the, these task orientations are um, very close to what I do when I perform and make these instant compositions. You're using sensory, uh, you know, following maybe for instance following a line that you see in your room and then applying a movement to that that you're making up actually um uh yourself within an invitation so it's kind of like there's a there's a concept that i may uh present as an invitation for people to make their own um kind of dances up or their own um uh um, what should I say, interpretation of, so, and within their own facility and their own um, kind of uh, inspiration. So I work a lot with the elderly in this way. I also, I'm not only doing the more uh, creative, but I also work with patients who have a lot of chronic pain and use a lot of proprioceptive work to help them, you know, in kind of plumping up the fascia. I do, um, a lot of reflex coordination balance exercises and so that's one population that um i i adore <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm working also within marginalized communities now which is huge for me and i've turned my attention to um try to bring my work mainly to groups of people who might not otherwise get this work and who are in uh i believe um everything everybody needs this work but i think especially some people um, could use these tools um, even more so because of some of the limitations that they're navigating. So I work a lot in uh, community centers and I work with the elderly there. I also work with um, young uh, single mothers there. I work with transitioning young adults uh, who are um, sometimes homeless and are uh, trying to sort themselves out to the next step. And I work within lots of different ways with that population of people, um, the elderly, of course, the dancers, yes, they'll work with dancers in creating um, performance pieces, which are uh, instantly composed, and then we set a score and they perform. And, um, and then I work with also just 
uh, anybody <laughs> who wants, you know, just uh, I, I have some classes that I teach in Highland Park. Um, and I do that with um, Yoga Hive in Pittsburgh. And I, um, I kind of it's a it's a, I would say, a, um, a, a combination of many things that I've practiced and studied over the years, some of it is vinyasa, some of it is um, foundations of embodied yoga, some of it is Pilates fusion uh, with an embodied approach, uh, somatic work, even uh, dance elements, tai chi, lots of different things that I put in. And it just depends on who comes as to what will I draw from uh, for that particular lesson. So I guess I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of, uh, move within all circles uh, at least i try to um and i'm getting ready to also hopefully move into a group of high schoolers and i'm uh, in sharing mindfulness and embodiment with um high school um students so so i guess you know it, it goes through a different range of of people and um but not not Dancers is not the, the huge uh, group, really, that you might think. It's it's usually a smaller time that I share with dancers. Um, yeah. Well now, well, now that you've described your body of work, I'm going to put you on the spot right here and right now. And would you be willing to work with um, some of us in the environmental world to do some, um, you know, movement and play outdoors for example in one of the local parks if we set something up um be because one of my goals is to help the environmental world become more embodied so oh. that they can understand on a deeper level that um we're not in battle with yeah. others we are Absolutely. in in synchrony that's one thing and then the other is um I lost my train. Okay, so let's see. So you're so it it has been a complete pleasure talking with you. And I'm wondering if there is a specific way that is best for people to reach out to you. I'm also wondering if there are specific um, happenings or performances that might be kind of ongoing or that we could um, kind of interface with you in a way where we're not just talking, but that we are actually being our doing this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I, I wanted to really quickly, as you, as you brought up the invitation to work with um, also those in the environment doing work, you know, a lot of, a lot, one of the approaches I also use in finding uh, movement is, is from the elements. So particularly just, just, uh, you know, wind, you know, wind, how, how does wind move? And so I use these platforms also to stir up the imagination in creating then movement choices from thinking, how would you move if you were wind? What parts of the body could be wind? And then isolating the small, the micro to the macro, like, you know, because in the somatic, we have these little parts to the next part and how everything is connected, actually, which brings us to a space of interoception, moving from the inside out 
but still we are outside also to go in. So, so I'm thinking wind, uh, fire, water, um, the earth, what is the, what is the rhythm of the ground? What is that primitive nature of our, our kind of beating pulse, you know, so that I would, as you mentioned that, that invitation you just um, brought up, uh, would I work? Of course I would. And, and that would be one of the first things that I would probably want to introduce because it would be so integrative to what I would imagine people who are working I mean that's what you are you're in the environment you are in you know outside in, in the wind and the you know the water the the earth itself and bringing up how 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 we have all of those elements within us as human beings we are we are the earth we are nature and so getting closer and closer to that brings us I believe in harmony because that's what we're we're here you know <laughs> and 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 our bodies are made of water our bodies are made of earth um all of the we have breath within us so all and all of these things exist so um that that i just wanted to say um and then you asked me oh how to get in touch with how to get in touch with me um well um i have i do have a couple of social media platforms that I share um, ongoing uh, research that I, I just post research um, for upcoming events that I may be doing. And I have um, an Instagram account um, under my name, Gia Casalano. And um, I, I do have the Facebook, but I don't use it quite as much as the Instagram where I just kind of post research and that and then I get also but I, um, I also have a few places in Pittsburgh that I'm currently um, practicing with people um, at the Kingsley Community Center. I work with the elderly uh, on Tuesday and Thursday. And then I in that class is called Movement Matters. And uh, it's, it's a class that many things happen in and it changes every time depending on who comes. And we have a beautiful group now that's really evolved and I'm very excited about that group and that community um and i also teach there on saturday an embodied pilates uh class which also i i'm not a purist i always bring in many many things within a lesson depending on who comes you know and and what can i offer within the things that i've practiced and studied um and what and what can I learn from them like what are they asking for when I look at them and so there's that moment of pause again so I just I just feel certain things I see certain things and I'm oh and then I'll and I'll and I'll even offer maybe something and I'll see someone doing it maybe slightly uh oh what's that you're doing and then and then I will innovate from there and so I'm always learning from my students which I am so uh happy about <laughs> um and I and so another place I also um I'm leading practices at the Yoga Hive in Pittsburgh, and I lead a practice on Fridays and also in the Highland Park on Thursdays. And I post all of this on the Instagram as well, so you know if you forget. Um, and I also have a an independent virtual. Uh, I only do one virtual lesson per week, and I do those on Sunday. And I did this at the start of the pandemic, and I was actually doing quite a lot more of the virtual practice, but I quickly knew that that wasn't really <laughs> And that's a whole other conversation, but I have kept one B 
because we've grown the group considerably and I've grown to love these women who come on Sundays. Um, and so, and, and so I've, I've been doing that now for a year, but I, I let some of the other virtual lessons go just because of, um, a few things that came up for me that I knew was not, I was not aligned with particularly. So I just, um, I, I recognized that, you know, by what I was feeling and I, um, I just, I just um, have to really honor what I'm feeling and, and what is this bringing up? What is this making me feel like? And, and sometimes, yes, you know, we have to do things. Uh, we, we do sometimes have to do things that are uncomfortable and maybe that we don't necessarily feel we are completely drawn to do just to survive in what is our reality. Um, but I do believe still that there are other ways to then sort something else out that is more authentic to oneself. And I think that is so important. You know, what is, what is your nature? What are you drawn to do? What comforts and meets you? What supports you? And then to figure out how can I cultivate that rather than trying to, you know, the saying, putting a, a square in a hole or, or, or the peg and whatever they uh, you know, we're not all the same. <laughs> our bodies are not the same. So our minds are not the same. So different things, you know, um, are for different people. And, and, and really, I, I, I say that a lot, even in my classes, this is just an invitation. This is your practice. You know, you can find your own way within my invitations. And if you came to a lesson and decided to lie on the back body and breathe the entire lesson. You'd be doing the practice. So it is your practice. And I'm just offering some maybe suggestions and some invitations for you to find your way within that experience. Um, so I don't even know how I, I, I always go all over the place, Alyssa, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's, so that's hope. That, that is so beautiful. And so I'm going to bring us back into something specific and then I'm going to broaden it and then we're going to close okay. and the specific, and, and I'm going to listen to this interview again, because I didn't tell you the last time that we spoke, uh, but I did this the last time and I've done it this time. As I've been listening, I've been making what I call some slides and I will share this with you because you have so much profoundness, if that's a word, to offer. So when you were talking about dementia um, uh -huh. and your work in the senior care area, the, the, the work that you're doing, you mentioned, um, for example, you know, about Alzheimer's and dementia in the hippocampus, that you're working in the area of sensory and that is the area that I am also have been working in for my, you know, 33 plus year career, sensory movement, sensory and motor, sensory and audition, the integration for natural vision improvement, right, as a holistic optometrist. But then you got even more specific and you said, for example, you might have the person look around and they, you know, they, you ask them to follow a line and that they, they see in the room and then they can make up a movement to that. Well, there is a technique uh, that we work with called the line and the strings. And I'm not gonna get into the details of that now, but moving from that into something very specific uh, yeah. to, to really hone in on the visual system and our eyesight and improving yeah. our focus and our binocularity 
it all falls into place with bilaterality and the homolateral and the contralateral. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I use this language, which others may not yet know. But the bottom line is that you are working with others you are not teaching them in the classical way that we've many of us been brought up that there is a teacher and there is a student and the teacher knows and the student doesn't. You are working in a way, and please correct me if I'm misinterpreting this, but you are working as a partner with your students and you yeah. are learning constantly from them just as I am learning from you. And I'm sure that everybody, who is listening um, to this interview has picked up so many golden, platinum, crystalline gems. Oh. Gia, thank you so much for giving us specific information and broadening it, bringing us to specific areas in our bodies in Pittsburgh, and then broadening it to the entire cosmos and to the entire world. Um, so again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and and I just want to encourage everybody to look up look up Gia, C A C A L A N O. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And I don't have to know how to pronounce it today, but I'll practice. <laughs> um, say it three more times slowly for me. Your last name. Casalano. 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 So if, if I'm not, if I spell it differently, I can remember. So the C, the second C is not a hard C. It is a soft, is it a soft? It's like the S sound. Yes. Exactly. So, exactly. So Casalano, Gia has it has been an absolute pleasure um, to uh, interview you here for anchor.fm and we are so so blessed to be able to use this free platform and I will look forward to interviewing you with your permission again and again and I look forward to connecting the dots of reimagine the Turtle Creek watershed and airshed communities with an outdoor explanation, explanation, exploration. It's your inner explanation to the outer exploration. And the other person's name that is coming in very strongly is Tammy Wadowitz. And I think I have pronounced her last name correctly, but I have no idea how to spell it actually, but it starts with W-A-T. And it ends with a Z. And Tammy, if you have not met, uh, met her, Gia Casalano, or any of the listeners, please look up the Boyce Park Nature Center and look into the programming that she's doing and know that there will be a program coming up with Gia and Tammy and Alyssa, because I'm putting myself in this mix because you can't keep me away. And we might have a few other people joining us for a movement exploration beginning inside a building called the Boyce Park Nature Center, moving on and into the greenhouse that is on site there, and then moving on to the nature path in the Turtle Creek watershed. And my friends, 
That will be happening this summer. So we're going to get on the schedule this summer of 2021 in these moments, in this space and time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And 